Good morning to all of you. Good to see you out this morning. There are a number of announcements. Uh, let me begin with uh, Justine Levi's uh, announcements that she wants to be uh, given. Uh, please um, keep in mind the round robin dinners. Sign up. Uh, they're in, uh, in, in mention that there is the flyer on the table on which you can uh, sign up for that. And also for the fellowship meal next Lord's Day, okay, which is the theme of Thanksgiving, uh, there is a sign-up sheet uh, to, to uh, bring dishes uh, for the Thanksgiving uh, feast <laughs> next Lord's Day. So please, uh, please uh, do that for her as well. Also, the, the uh, keep in mind the thank offering. Uh, also, the memberships class will miss meet this morning, about ten minutes after the service. Second room down on the right. Uh, we have communion today, so please read about uh, if you are here and a guest uh, in terms of taking communion. Please look at that. And also, the deacon's offering this morning is going to be a little bit special if you read the announcement sent out to the church this week, and that is that it's going to be for a, the fund in the presbytery, okay? It's going to be for the fund for the presbytery for ministerial care uh, for those ministers who are retired um, that may need help, and also for the widows, for the widows. That fund in the presbytery is completely depleted. So we're trying to build that up and so that we can serve those, those people in our presbytery or our need in that situation. So, um, you know, so Dave Barr and myself are on the presbytery's committee for the deacons, and that's been asked of the churches in the last presbytery meeting that they consider such an offering or such a contribution. Okay. Uh, we also have um, the uh, directory. Uh, Chrissy is putting that together as she does cheer so excellently. Uh, and also, I just want to make an announcement, and she can correct me if I want, is if you have been a, a regular attender in terms of visitation and so forth, and you haven't perhaps uh, joined at this point, maybe you're in the membership class, I bet she would like to see you anyways, okay? Because sometimes we have put those people in the directory, okay? So please feel free to talk to Chrissy about that so we can get you in the directory, okay? Also, uh, John is continuing looking for volunteers uh, for the Stafford Suites uh, ministry that he is involved in. So please, please consider that. To help out, uh, since uh, Kathy now is uh, is not able to attend that at this point, and uh, there is no meeting that for him today because there's been a COVID outbreak in the in the in the suites at this point. So, but anyways, consider that uh, to help out with John on that as well. Uh, look at that announcement. Okay, then also uh, you may want to look at. Uh, the announcement concerning the ladies for for November 17th concerning at Diane Byton's house and and also uh, look at that in terms of if you want to join and to be a part of that. I think that is all at this point. So let us come together in silence.
Let us stand. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Let us turn to the Red Trinity hymnal, number 165 is our first hymn, number 165, the Red Trinity hymnal. Great God and Father, we are so thankful that you have called us to gather before your throne of grace this very day. Oh Lord, put in our hearts a love that is for thee and thee alone above all things. And may thy grace through thy spirit Let us join the confession of the history of the church in creedal form in the back of the hymnal, page 846 of the Red Trinity Hymnal, number 846. As we come together and recite the Nicene Creed. 
as we recite these together and confess the creed together, let all of us reflect upon the greatness of these words concerning our faith, and may they abide in our hearts as well as our mind. Congregation, what do you believe? We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, whom all things were made, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us come together in prayer. Our Lord and our God, we are so thankful that you by thy spirit have come upon us even here gathered together in this congregation this very day. We join the voice of the true confession of the Lord Jesus Christ, his identity and who he is. Indeed, we have before us the wonderful incarnate Son of God, the one who is given the name Jesus, for he is the Savior of his people. We're thankful that you are the one who loves us and that you sent your Son into the world on our behalf, that though we are sinners, and though we are in those people who need to be reminded each day concerning the law of God and our repentance before your throne of grace, that you would be the one who continues to forgive us and be patient with us. We are so thankful this morning that thou art a God who is long-suffering, and that thou art a God who is so patient. We ask, O Lord, that you would continue to guide us in the fruits of righteousness, 
and that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ throughout the world will continue to proclaim your word faithfully. We thank thee for those who attend. We ask your continued edification upon their hearts wherever they are assembled this very day. So, Lord God, we ask you to continue to minister to us and to thy church. We ask, O oh God, that you would be with Angela Vosco. We ask that you be with her in terms of her missionary assistance there in a foreign land. We ask that you continue to bless her. We ask in terms of the program that is upon that mission field, the KEO program for children, which are memorizing the Apostles' Creed and in the first catechism, that those children would not only memorize the gospel clearly. We pray for Angela herself through this very difficult time in terms that she is presently suffering from malaria and also a viral infection. She is hoping to go meet her fiancé's family in Australia here on, on November 12th. We ask, O oh Lord, that these diseases and her sickness would be that which would be healed so that she can go meet Ben's parents. We are thankful for their joint effort on the mission field, Ben and Angela themselves, in terms of the proclamation of the gospel. We ask that you be with Bill and Margaret Sisko. We ask you to be with the home mission work and Camac community there in New York, out on Long Island. We ask, O oh Lord, that uh, they have had a new facility and that they are able to now uh, meet there uh, uh, and that visitors are attending. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would bless the preaching of the word and that you would continue to give wisdom to that congregation in terms of gospel outreach. We thank thee for David Graves. We thank thee for his pastorate here in Idaho in our own in our own presbytery. We ask that you continue to bless him in terms of the shepherding of the flock there. And may that you bring much harvest and grant much increase in terms of that congregation. We ask you to be with David now that he's taken on a new responsibility in which the presbytery has nominated and elected him to be the moderator of our presbytery at this point. And we thank thee for that you would be, give him the wisdom through this, uh, through this position. We ask that you would continue to be with the prayers of this congregation. The prayers that are offered up, we see many things that are going on in this congregation. There are many people that are in need, and also, O oh Lord, we're thankful for the continual prayer warriors that come forth in this congregation daily for the needs of thy people here. We think especially this morning of Peter and Megan and Kalina and Wesley and Miles Gardner. We're thankful for their lives. We ask that you'd be with them continually in terms of their Wycliffe mission work there in South Africa. Watch over them. Also be with, uh, with Peter as he's now traveling for a two-week intensive study at William Tennant Seminary in Colorado. We ask that those studies would go well for him, 
but please be with Megan as she manages the family here on her own for, four, for 16 days, that it, she would be blessed by your presence and the children would do well with her as well. We ask that you'd be with her brother, Jared. We have prayed for him in the past, and we're thankful that he has been located. And we'd ask also that he would take the initiative to be in contact with his parents and the, or any family member. We ask you to continue to watch over him, but we ask most of all that his heart and his mind would be convinced to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ in his life. We're thankful for Wesley attending the Vista Nova School. We ask that that would continue to go well, and we ask that you continue to develop Kalina's interest in art and also in the continual encouragement that Miles provides as a young, young disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ in that home of understanding living the cross. We ask that you be with Ron in terms of his work, and we thank thee also that you are the blessing that is in that home. We ask that you be with Ron and Chrissy in terms of their health continual health concerns, that things would remain stable and that they would remain healthy. We ask you to be with Isaac in terms of his diligence in school and that his, his academic uh, world would also prosper and in terms of his own abilities. We ask also this morning, especially as we have heard the news this week about Debbie Donovan's father, we ask that you'd be with him through this time, be with Debbie and Kevin through this time, and then also the family, as they have discovered a mass on his lungs. We ask, O oh Lord, that things would go well in the future, in terms of the, the consultation with a lung specialist. We pray also that it would not be serious and that it would be tr treatable. We are so thankful to hear that he is in good spirits, but we ask, O oh Lord, that you would continue to give him the strength each day in terms of the, abidance, the abiding presence of your care and your love for him. We ask that you continue to be with Kathy Huntsberger. We are glad to hear the news this week that the broken bone is healing. So, O oh Lord, we would ask that she would return to, to uh, physical strength and that she herself would continue to be patient and also gracious to understand how the Lord is caring for her each day. Give her a heart that is constantly compassionate unto the Lord Jesus Christ, as she has always been a wonderful reflection of the grace and the mercy of Christ in her life. We place all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ before your throne of grace, pleading that the Lord Jesus Christ as our mediator will perfect our prayers. In Christ's name, amen. Let us turn to number 496. Let us turn to 496. Let us stand and sing 496.
We come this morning to Mark chapter 7, verse 14. Mark chapter 7, verse 14. I'm going to read this section, verse 14 through 23. Listen to God's holy, infallible word. And he called the people to him again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that is going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to him, them, Then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him, since it enters not his heart, but his stomach, and expelled? Thus he declared all foods foods clean. And he said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. And from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. Let's pray. O Lord, by thy spirit we ask this morning... that we would, by the words of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, focus upon our own hearts. What is there and why Jesus is so much needed and is so precious to each one of us. That comes in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Where is it that you meet your creator? Where is it that you meet your creator? In fact, where is it that every male and female upon the face of the earth who alone are created in the image of God, has intimate, personal contact with their Creator. Considering our text here this morning, let me press the question further. Where is Jesus pushing the moral 
and ethical qualities of good and evil in each one of us. Of course, as we look at the text, he is pushing us to look into our hearts. It is in our hearts that we are face to face intimately with our creator. In our hearts, the tension between good and evil is fully exposed as we are conscious image bearers of our creator. Every thought that we have concerning good and evil cannot escape the God of the Bible. Are you seeing where Mark's narrative is taking you in the ministry of Jesus Christ? Mark has just concluded, for the last time in his gospel, that he will mention the Pharisees together with the scribes confronting Jesus in the previous text that we have seen. The Pharisees and scribes will still confront Jesus independently in the future, but nowhere will they team up together again against Jesus in Mark's narrative. For this reason, we are to understand that Jesus has sufficiently rebutted their combined strategy to attack and trap him. Jesus has refuted their nonsensical argument against him that he casts out demons by the power of Beelzebub. In our previous text, Jesus has exposed their their failure to understand true religion by adding to and subtracting from the commandments of the Lord. Making personal piety and salvation to be dependent upon the external traditions of men. By quoting the prophet Isaiah, Jesus rebukes the religion of the Pharisees and those scribes as a false religion that makes every every effort to honor God with one's lips without worshiping and loving the commandments of the Lord in their heart. Jesus is accusing these Pharisees and scribes of constructing a religion of man. How have they done this? Well, to repeat once again, by creating and constructing their own traditions above the word of God. Jesus has exposed their religion to be of the earth. They have destroyed the pure and true religion of the Old Testament that only finds its continuity and fulfillment in the teaching, in the person, and in the work of Jesus. So as Jesus removes himself from engaging the Pharisees and the scribes as one unit, he now gives his focus to the everyday 
people and his disciples. The force of 714 of our text is before you. He calls. The idea here in terms of the calling, in terms of the Greek, he commands the people with his divine authority to come before him. He demands that they hear, as you look at the text, they hear and understand what he is about to say. Essentially, he has given up on the Pharisees and the scribes. The day of salvation has passed them by. But this is not so with the crowd, with the people, and the disciples. In 714, right here, only one verse, verse 15, a simple parable right there. But please stay with me on this point. When Jesus spoke in parables recorded in the fourth chapter, as you recall, he opened with only one parable to both the crowd and the disciples. That parable was the parable of the sower. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. As he began the parable of the sower, he says with a strong, forceful voice, one word. In chapter 4, verse 3. Listen. Listen. Now look once again at 714. Jesus now calls. The connotation is that he is commanding to be listened to. And that is underlined by him saying more than one word this time. Instead of just listen, look at the text. Hear me. Hear me, all of you, and understand. He is addressing the crowd and the disciples very personally and is pleading for ears that are listening and minds that will understand. Just don't be listeners. Chapter 4, verse 3. Are you seeing the intensification here in 714? As the gospel of God, as the good news goes into the world, people must be more than just listeners. Yes, they need to be hearing the gospel of Jesus, the words of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Yes, Jesus has the phrase there, hear me. Yes, Jesus has firmly established in the flow of his narrative, Mark has, excuse me, in the flow of his narrative to his reader that Jesus is the great I am, the sovereign divine grace and mercy for his people. But in the present situation, to repeat, Jesus says that hearing is not enough. They need to be understanding the message of the good news as well. So what is the problem? 
What is the problem with humans hearing and understanding Jesus' message? To answer this question, we need to hear Jesus' brief parable. You recall Jesus' teaching in Mark and his preaching, the content is given in parable form. In this case, it's only one verse. One verse. The problem will be exposed in the way humans respond to the teaching and preaching of Jesus and his kingdom. The flow of Mark's gospel is now set up for addressing the essential residence within a human being where God is known by every single person created in his image. External pious platitudes of religious tradition and activity is not where good and evil ultimately confronts the creator. External images, external chants, external meditations, burning external sacrifices are not signs of the true residence of true religion. True religion is not what a person takes from outside of oneself and places it inside. For example, made up of elements of rigid religious piety or made up elements of free religious expression. These are external experiences in the hope to satisfy and to stimulate the soul in religious in a religious sense in the eyes of Christ such exercising including the washing of hands the exercise of corbin have no meaning for true religion these absurd external religious exercises are not what actually defiles the true religious life of the human being. The true defilement comes from within. It comes from the heart. It is the sinful heart that suppresses the truth of the religion revealed by God in the Old and New Testaments. In the struggles with God, with with the struggles of good and evil, the sinful heart reigns supreme to construct all kinds of external exercises to testify to their false religion, even to the point of declaring that there is no God at all. Yes, atheism is a religious exercise. Don't forget that. Atheism is a religion. Well, after Jesus delivers the brief parable in 715, like what we saw when he presented the parable of the sower, 
Jesus departs from the crowd and explains the parable only to the disciples at their request. And as Jesus presents the content of the gospel in this extremely short parable, the disciples are still lacking understanding of the meaning and the importance of the gospel that is found solely in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This one verse, this one verse parable, explains more than any other parable the root problem as to why the gospel is rejected and why it will be received. This one simple verse. It even explains why the disciples in our text still do not have any understanding It has to do with the heart. The heart. The heart is the religious core of the human being. Whatever is outside of me is not what defiles and corrupts me. Like food, it does not enter the heart. Rather, it enters the mouth, passes the heart into the stomach, and from that point it will proceed to be expelled out of my body. It has no religious value. The contrast here is this. Stomach versus heart. That which you take into your body from outside just simply goes to the stomach where it will go out of you. It is what is inside your heart that defiles and corrupts you. Your heart is the root of that which defines who you are. The effect of marketing, which comes at you every day. The money that is poured into advertising, which seduces your eyes and ears, goes into your heart. I once watched an interview with billionaire Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks pro basketball team, and of course the TV show Shark Tank. He explained that the way that he became wealthy, a billionaire, was that he thought of inventing something no one thought they needed. No one thought they needed. And then after he created it, he then convinced people that they needed the product. (laughs) You may think that this is a good illustration of a person being, being persuaded by external means. But in reality, it is one's heart that will desire and buy the product. You are your heart. You worship 
what controls your heart. The heart produces what comes out of a person. Your personality. Your work ethic. The music you listen to. The movies you watch. The friends you enjoy. The sports you like to play and watch. The books that you like to read. The hobbies you enjoy. Well, as Jesus addresses the heart as the soul, as the source of our human defilement and corruption. He doesn't mix any words with his own hand-picked disciples. You talk about exposing the heart of our religion after the fall into sin. You have it before you clearly from the very words of the Lord Jesus Christ. The disciples need clarity of their own understanding about this truth, and they will definitely need to understand it as they go into the world as apostles who are presenting the gospel. Please see and and hear the full impact of verses 21 through 22 from the lips of the heart of the Son of Man who teaches and lives the doctrines of God's holy commandments. If there is any question that our Lord Jesus Christ believed and taught the depraved nature of the human race, that question should be clearly answered in verses 21 through 22. Note The opening premise in verse 21. For from within. From where? These are the words of Christ. Where? From within. Next phrase. Out of the heart of man. Out of where? The heart of man. Now don't miss the next phrase. Jesus tells us what is the present activity of what dominates our inner heart by virtue of our fallen union with Adam's sin. Come evil Thoughts, evil thoughts of the heart stand behind every activity, every vice of fallen humanity. We will all see our specific sins of the heart in this list given by Jesus. Remember, you are listening to the list that Jesus presents. He is talking about our evil thoughts. His focus here is not on our actions, 
the Roman Catholic distinction between mortal and venial sins is not in Jesus' vocabulary. Here's Jesus' list. Sexual immorality. The idea here in the Greek, which I'm going to give in terms of each word going forward, the reference here is all forms of it. Theft, murder, adultery. These three appear together in the Ten Commandments, and they also appear at other occasions throughout the canon of the Old Testament. For example, Hosea 4.2. Coveting. Greed. Wickedness. Malice and hatred. Deceit. Clever. Betrayal. Sensuality. Unrestrained pleasure. Envy. Pride. Arrogance. And interesting, interesting that foolishness is listed last. A dominant attitude of humans who are spiritually and morally insensitive. They do not know God, nor they desire to know God. There is no doubt if you're attentive to biblical revelation that verses 21 through 22 correspond totally to the apostle Paul's mission as an apostle going into the world which he writes to the Roman church in chapter 3 about the depraved state of the human soul. As I said, Christ is clear concerning what comes out of our hearts. Indeed, Jesus is teaching and training the disciples about the realistic confrontation of the message of evangelism, the good news as the gospel will go forth into the world. They must understand, these disciples must understand, and we, here this morning, as the gospel goes forth from your lips, wherever you are, you must understand in the church the word of the Lord to Jeremiah always accompanies, always accompanies the gospel of grace. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately corrupt. Who can understand it? I. The Lord search the heart and test the heart. So writes Jeremiah about our God. But speaking of grace, 
speaking of grace, we do not want to miss the ray of hope and grace that Mark injects into the text for us to see the impact of Christ's entrance into redemptive history. Jesus declared all foods clean. Verse 19. Nothing is the same since Jesus came. Every single aspect of the Lord instituting those things which are clean and unclean in the Old Testament is an outward expression of grace and sin in the creation, specifically pointing to the inner moral and ethical condition of the hearts of the human being. Just to underline, The clean and the unclean had nothing to do with personal hygiene. By virtue of Christ's coming, the good news is about to explode. (laughs) Upon the global stage, the Abrahamic covenant is entering its fulfilled state. God in his providence is moving the gospel message from Israel To all the nations. The day is here when the eating rituals of the Israelites, in contrast to the nations, will be broken. The wall of division will come tumbling down by the person and work of Jesus. The believer will now be open to eat any food served by the nations because the good news is inclusive of them. The new covenant has dawned in which true religion enters into every heart upon the globe. You see, there is no religious value any more in what you eat. All foods are now clean. Now the hearts of all people are accountable to the good news that is in Jesus Christ. Thinking in terms of the unclean and clean foods in the Old Testament in terms of where they are pointing us to. Let me place before you here this morning, Jesus Christ is the purification of the unclean. Jesus Christ is the sanctification of the unclean. Jesus Christ is the holiness of the unclean. Jesus Christ is the atoning sacrifice for the unclean. He has arrived. Let me ask you, 
is Jesus Christ your purification, sanctification, from evil thoughts to thinking, to thinking heavenly and glorious thoughts of Christ's salvation for the church, for the world, for your own heart. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, as the prophet rang out, let it be so among us this morning that by thy grace and by thy spirit we think the thoughts of God after thee. And in those thoughts is the expression of the heart. Let our hearts always be focused on the one who came as the blessed servant to us to give us life in abundance. Jesus, the living Christ, in Christ's name, amen. Number 469, as we turn to 469, the parents are available to go and get their children before we celebrate the Lord's Supper. 469, let us stand and sing.
You may be seated. In terms of the note on which the messy ended this morning, I thought an interesting passage to read would be the whole chapter of Acts 10. No. <laughs> but I want to read a portion of that because it is so appropriate concerning what was stated and what is going on in terms of Christ and Mark making that pronouncement that all foods are clean. You remember the situation. Cornelius, the centurion, a Gentile, a man who feared God and came to the Christian religion, is told that he needs to send servants to have Peter come to his house and stay. And in the wonderful pattern of the providence of God, what happens is that Peter has a vision that God provides prior to going to that house in which Peter himself needs to be corrected And so that he will understand. You may want to read very reverently this week that whole 10th chapter once again. I'm just going to read the incident, just a portion of the incident of the vision, because I think it will make sense in terms of the clarity. And one of the things that I would like you to think about as well in relationship to that is the beauty of this very congregation. Hope you heard that. The beauty of this congregation. Personally, if I can make the comment, of the various backgrounds, historical backgrounds, the ethnic backgrounds of this congregation as we sit here as one body in Christ. How good is that? How marvelous the gospel is in terms of bringing us together and the providence of God. And part of that in seeing that The disciples, even as they begin, in terms of the infant stage of the church, they themselves had to be instructed and helped along that road. I'm going to start in verse 9, and I'm just going to read through verse 16. The next day, as they were on the journey and approaching the city, These are the servants, by the way, that Cornelius sent, was instructed to send to find Peter by virtue of God's direction. Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray, and he became hungry and wanted something to eat. 
But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet uh, descending, bringing, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up once again to heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ has come. What a vision that Peter had that day to know that the gospel is going to go to the ends of the world and that people from every nation, the four corners of the sheet you can see represents the whole aspect of the four corners of the world itself are now going to be enclosed by grace of God, by the grace of God, into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have it right here in our congregation. Every one of you who confesses the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, believes in the Lord Jesus Christ in your your heart and that you even if you are a visitor you are going and a member of a good bible believing church you are welcome to come and partake of the supper for it is the lord's supper you are welcome but if you are living is clearly disclosed if your heart is living under the dominion of sin as Christ has outlined it even for our own text and you need to seek Christ more and more in terms of reconciliation then stay away as the scripture says don't bring condemnation upon yourself but seek the Lord Jesus Christ in a faith that is vital through repentance and faith. As the people of God, thinking of us as one body this morning, united in our Savior, let us come together in silent prayer in which you yourself come before him in confession. Let us come together and then I will lead us in prayer.
O Heavenly Father, thou hast sent our beloved Savior to die for us. He is our atoning sacrifice. He is the one who has cleansed us. We have not done it to ourselves. And we praise your name that he has been the one who in his crucifixion, in his resurrection, he has fulfilled and brought all people from all nations to the table of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus has made us clean. For thy cleanliness in us, we praise your name and ask for the nourishment of these elements, that the bread and the wine would be those elements in which we are nourished in our The Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took the bread and broke it, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me.
Take heed, this is my body which is given to you. Eat and do it in terms of remembrance of me, says Jesus. The Savior also took the cup, gave it to his disciples, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Drink ye all of it. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Drink ye all of it. Our Heavenly Father, thy divine grace is upon us. We ask, O Lord, that yes, through the Lord Jesus Christ and his active and passive obedience, 
that we from every nation know his purification, sanctification, holiness, and atoning sacrifice on our behalf. We thank thee that we are nourished by this sacrament which he has instituted on our behalf in remembrance of what he has accomplished for us. In Christ's name, amen. Congregation, let us stand and sing the Gloria Patri. And our God, we are so thankful that you have delivered us from our iniquities and that you have made us to appear even before thee presently by our faith union in Jesus Christ as those who are spotless before the Lamb of God. Oh, Heavenly Father, how we rejoice, how thankful we are. Bless us, bless thy church through these gifts. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. We will worship our Lord and our God with our tithes and offerings. Remember, there are two offerings, and there will be the regular offering first, and the second one is the deacon's offering, that the special offering this morning for the deacon's fund of the Presbytery concerning widows and retired ministers.
congregation, please remember, this morning we are having our prayer time together, so we're going to be dismissed in about 15 minutes back here, and then the prayer time uh, will only be for 15 minutes. But the membership class needs to go ahead to go to the membership class, okay, in terms of that. So remember that as well this morning. Okay. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.